Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, this is the most important episode in my opinion. So please watch it. Listen to it. Enjoy. Welcome to the Principles of Success. My name is Nathan and this is season one, bonus episode two. And I'm trying something a little bit different today. I'm recording out in the woods. There might be some background noise because there's a nice little creek behind me. I'm doing a fire later tonight. And because I wanted to make this episode special because this is the most important episode that you can listen to. Also, just a quick note, I might splice in the original version that I lost months ago and I might tack it on at the end or I might um, cut and paste it to match along with this episode so if it jumps around a little bit and I repeat myself over again it will be because of that or I might leave it out completely I'm not entirely sure what I'm going to do yet with that because that's all in the editing process but today we are talking about three key important things when it comes to learning and they're less principles and more tactics the first one I want to talk about is hyper learning I love hyper learning it's what has made it possible for me to go from somebody that was supposed to die alone in a base in my parents' basement, um, if not in much darker situations than that, to being, in my own personal opinion, way above average of most people. So, what hyperlearning is is essentially my own term, and it's basically learning really fast. Who would have guessed? But how, you, how I did it is through audiobooks and through YouTube. And there's a lot of important factors that make it possible to learn really fast. The first thing is what is known as net time. And what net time means is no extra time. So for example, a net time is your commute. When you're driving to work, are you, listen, are you listening to the radio or music on your phone or whatever or the news, or are you listening to stuff that is educational, that will improve your skills, that will make it possible for you to become more valuable and a better person and basically just evolve. Richest man in the world. Bill Gates. I guess he's not the richest man anymore, but Bill Gates took this to the extreme and he would post all sorts of stuff in his garage so that way walking from his car to the inside of his house, he could read stuff and learn what's on those posters. And then once he learned it all, he'd take it down, put more stuff up. I'm not necessarily saying go to that extreme, but he is one of the richest men in the world. So maybe you might take it into account. But basically, net time is all of those empty spaces where you're scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or TikTok or whatever watching cat videos on the internet. You could be reading a book, listening to a book. You could be watching an educational YouTube video and a million other things to educate yourself, to grow. You can, and it doesn't, I'm not even saying what to focus on. You can, I've studied all sorts of stuff from neuroscience to survivalism. Very 
wide range of stuff all because of net time. The second part of hyperlearning that I want to talk about is the importance of moving faster. And traditionally how this is talked about is people will talk about taking speed reading courses. I hate reading. I like listening, hence the headphones that are constantly around my neck. And you, just like you can train your brain to read at a faster pace, you can train your brain to listen at a faster pace too. Now, I want to make sure I clarify this. Speed reading decreases your ability to absorb the information. However, I like the way I believe Les Brown phrased it. It doesn't help me learn more, it just helps me get to the place that I need to get to learn. Because in a book, there's a lot of fluff. In this podcast, there's a lot of fluff. There's a lot of hums and haws and all of that. This was probably a dumb idea because there's a lot, probably a lot of background noise, but I'm here to do a fire anyway, so we're just going to keep going. That was a perfect example of fluff, my side comments. Uh, but what speed reading and what listening to things faster helps is you skip past the important parts, and when you catch something, I believe I've talked about the reticular activating system in previous episodes, go listen to those. Um, when your brain goes, hey, that was important, you can then slow down, reread, or re-listen to it at a slower space, pace and absorb it much better. And how I can't teach you how to do speed reading, but there's this thing called Google. You can figure that one out on your own. But how I did, how I trained my brain to listen to things faster is this. And just to clarify what I'm talking about, I listen to podcasts at 3x speed now. I listen to books at 2x speed, simply because most the apps that I use to listen to books only go up to 2x speed, and the podcast app I use goes up to 3x speed. Otherwise, I would listen to them at 2x speed. But I listen to it twice as fast, so because I can listen to it twice as fast, a eight-hour book takes me four hours. And in combination with net time and all of that, that's how I read, on average, a book a day. The average multimillionaire reads a book a week. And we'll talk about more about why I do it at such extreme in a little bit. But how I got up to that speed, because I used to have to listen to things really slow, because I'm autistic and I have to, I have slower processing. Um, but I didn't start out at the 2x speed. I started out at the regular 1, and then I sped it up to 1.2, and then 1.3, 1.5, 2 too. And I've also found that headphones really help with this as well. For some reason, um, you cancel out all the other noise and it, the sound is going directly into your head, it translated a lot faster in your brain. Another thing I've noticed is if you can only have one in, the left ear is better because your left side of your brain is a lot better at processing information. That's its main job. Um, so those are just a couple of different tips on to listening faster. The other important thing about hyperlearning is there's two stages to it. There's the, like for instance, the speed reading I was talking about. You're moving quickly to get to the important stuff, and then you slow down for the important stuff. Well, that can be applied to the whole process of hyperlearning. I read book after book after book after book after book, but when I find a really good book, a really important book, slow down and take time to absorb and to study it, actually learn it, because... Um, just listening and just reading to it, you will forget almost all the information. You will forget almost all the information that's coming out of my lips 
as soon as you scroll on to the next video or episode, podcast episode, you won't remember most of it by tomorrow. But if you take time, especially if you take notes, to write things down, organize them, process them, think about them, ponder them, then they go from your short-term memory into your long-term memory. And then you can use them. Make sure to apply them into your life. Because there's one, because you might know you know the information, but if you can't use that information, it's not very useful. So speed through it, read a bunch of books. And then when you find really good books, pay attention to them. And now to move on to the next subject, which is jumpstart. But before I fully go into that, I want to talk a little bit more about why I read on average a book a day, but truthfully, it's about 300 books um, a year. So there's plenty of days missing in that. And there's two reasons why I do a bunch of books. And it's not just books, it's YouTube videos and podcasts and all of that. And educational courses that I've bought and spent a ton of money on, which I... <laughs> some are good, some are not. And the first part is jumpstart learning, which we'll talk about in a sec. But the second part is so that way I can basically cover a whole wide range of area. And then I can, because of that, I can find the really good sources of information and then really study those. And that goes into the T-shaped learning, which we'll talk about after jumpstart learning. But because I read 300 books, I found dozens of books that are absolutely phenomenal. So that's why I do book reviews, because they're my top books out of thousands of books I've read. Now, on to jumpstart learning. So what jumpstart learning is, is essentially what college was supposed to be. And for our parents' generations and previous generations, that's what college was. You took a short period of your time, of your life, four years, to set yourself up for the rest of your life. Jumpstart learning is the 21st century version of this. Basically, it is take a period of your life and go hyper-learning to a crazy extreme and spend a majority of your excess time and arrange your life to be focused on an obsession with learning. So what I mean by this is, for instance, there's a lot of jobs that you can do where you can listen to stuff all day long. Most people in those jobs will listen to music all day long. I listen to books. I listen to YouTube videos. I listen to courses. Uh, or that's what I did. Um, and I guess still a little bit. But examples of these, of these, of these, of this is mowing lawns, lawn care. A lot of times you have to have things in your ears anyway. So a lot of times you can have books and stuff going. I'm just going to say books from now on just for simplicity's sake. Educational stuff going. Uh, you can also do stuff like, for instance, Brandon Sanderson, who's an author, he wrote his novel by working a night shift at a hotel front desk because most of the time he's just sitting there not doing anything, but he has to be there. And he had permission to work on his book the whole time. You can do that with this. Another great example is cleaning. Basically, mundane, basic things. And if you're at that stage of your life where you're not very educated and don't have a profession that takes a lot of brain power, those professions are perfect for getting ahead. Another example of how to arrange your life to be in a frame of jumpstart learning is going to college. If, you're, if you want to do a field that pays well and you want to do that for the next 40 years, go ahead and go to college. If not, don't do it. But I digress. 
how I personally did it was I got a job shoveling snow. I moved up to Colorado. I was living down in Oklahoma where there, there's no snow ever. And I moved up and got a job shoveling snow throughout the whole winter. Paid pretty well. Also got to spend all day listening to marketing stuff and books and all sorts of business, self-improvement, social stuff, on and on and on. And got to hyperlearn for eight hours a day. And the point of the jumpstart learning is to, so that way you can have a knowledge in a bunch of stuff go in-depth, which we'll talk about in T-shape, and basically give yourself the skills needed so that way you can go out and be successful. So some of the important things that I think you should study in Jumpstart is health, is success itself, finance, um, relationships, social skills, stuff like that, sales, because you're always selling even if you're not in sales. You're selling yourself in interviews and stuff like that. You're... If you're entrepreneurial, study business. If you want to go into any field, study that field. Study that field in depth. Read at least 30 books on it. The average um, expert, you can call yourself an expert if you read six books, usually. You usually have enough of an expertise on that subject that people will look to you as an expert on it if you read six, but read at least 30. Get a wide range of information and study related related fields as well because when I was studying in-depth on health stuff I was able to put together things that I don't think I've ever been thought of because I studied this field in depth and this field in depth and this field in depth not as in depth as the people who do that for a living but because I had a working knowledge of all these different fields I was able to put things that I feel like is commonly missed but Jumpstart is temporary. I can't, honestly, I don't read 300 books a year anymore. I have drastically slowed down. I was able to do that when I was first starting out because I would work on stuff. I'd go to work. I'd listen to stuff. I'd come home and I'd work on stuff. Now I spend pretty much all day, every day, working on stuff. And so it's drastically slowed down. That's where net time comes into play. When you're driving, listen to stuff and just absorb as much as you can. The, but don't slow it down to too big of an extreme. The average millionaire, again, reads 50 plus books a year. That's much more sustainable. That's about 20 minutes a day. Make time for that. Don't cut it down to less than that. And don't be much more extreme than that for longer periods of time than maybe just a couple of years. But because I did that, I was able to launch myself decades ahead of where I probably should be at this point in my life. and But I can't maintain that because at some point, learning has to give way to work. You can't just keep absorbing information. You have to go out and actually do the things that make you successful. So the last thing I want to talk about today is T-shaped learning. And what T-shaped learning is, is basically being a generalist in a lot of stuff and then having an expertise in something. So I'm sure you've all heard the quote, um, master of all, no, expert in all, master of none. The actual, that was actually a argument against the original quote, which was master of, or expert in all, master of one. Become a master at one, maybe two or three things, but have a wider range of knowledge in all sorts of subjects. 
I wouldn't call myself an expert on a whole bunch of stuff. However, I have enough knowledge on a crazy amount of things that just for conversational purposes, I can hold a conversation with somebody who's studying that particular subject. I might defer to them and their knowledge, but I'm not looking at them blank face having no idea. And back to what I was just talking about a little bit earlier, because in the health category, I studied such a wider range of things that a lot of health people don't get to cover, like for instance, sleep. Doctors spend about three hours on sleep on average. When they're in school, they spend about three hours learning about sleep. So most doctors aren't really an expert on sleep. And that's just an example. I'm not making any claims about that. It's just an example of covering a much wider range than just one particular thing. And when you do that, you're able to connect dots that most people miss because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know that you don't know. That sounds kind of like a play on words, but essentially what I'm saying is when you don't know something, you're not entirely even aware that you don't, that you're missing that information. So for example, when I started my first business, I'd been studying business for years at this point and I had covered sales. But when I got into, when I actually started my business, I realized that I knew these sales tactics, but I didn't know the first thing about how to create a list to call people. I didn't know how to do any of that to be able to actually bring in leads that I could sell to. And I wasn't aware that I was missing that until I needed it. And that's where actually doing the action and imp trying to implement the information you know becomes really important because it pokes holes in the things that you think you know, but you don't actually know as much as you thought. So cover a lot of generalities. Cover anything that you even have an inkling of studying. Don't, and because you're hyper-learning and, and possibly jumpstart learning, you're able to absorb a ridiculous amount of anything that your heart desires. So just go crazy with it. But pick something. Don't just stay a generalist. Pick, once you've done ge a general scope of every single interest you have, pick something and become really, really good at that one thing. Because that one thing that you're really good at is where you'll make the most money. Specialists get paid a lot more than generalists. Um, back to medicine. A family doctor makes way less than a neurosurgeon. The family doctor knows a much wider range of problems, but the neurosurgeon knows one thing, and he knows it really, really good. So that's where I'm going to leave you with today. Re-listen to this until you have it down. N jot notes, whatever you need to do. Um, now that you know what the terms I was talking about are, some of the previous minutes in this podcast episode will make more sense than they did the first time you listened to it. So re-listen to it. I hope this was a value to you. If it was, please share it with your friends and your family and your loved ones so that they can get value out of it too. And I will see you all next week.